Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can listen to our Warren Radio episodes on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And Warren Radio is now on the following platforms. Amazon Prime Music and Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, and Anchor. And do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. The Briar Patch We Call America. Briar Patch We Call America is a thicket of thorny, sticker-filled plants. You, you cannot enter it without some form of hindrance. Mystery of Iniquity and the Truth. Mystery of iniquity have generations of children have generations of children been in the dark concerning these truths. The answer is obvious. Do you know the answer yourself? The apocalypse waits for no one. The, the apocalypse waits, or does it? While the world marches on in a faint hearted glory, the apocalypse will wait for none of them. The following are the latest posts on warn-usa.com. Christian Gospel Faith Battles Antichrist Forces Christian Gospel Faith Battles the Antichrist Forces. This will continue until the Lord comes. The enemies of the gospel will continue to cause trouble and death. Terrifying Deception The Magnus Prophecies brings us face to face with reality that could scare the yell out of you. And if you don't have trouble, as if we don't have enough trouble in the world, in this world. America Days of Swine and Noses. Is this the end of days? More to the point, if it were, could America and its people escape judgment? Be sure to get your copy of The Rising by the watchman, Dana Glenn Smith. The Rising continues the story of Mac, a former black ops sniper, and details the takeover of America. There's danger and intrigue. The nation is at risk. Mac battles to serve the, survive the forces bent on destroying him and America. Can he save the United States? Find out by getting your copy of The Rising. And sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to danaclinsmith.com and you can visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature The Rising and the other Christian books as well as resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome in The Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? 
Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's... Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What's going on? Well, it's Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. Then the weekend. I'm thankful for that. We made it through another week. 2023. We made it through... Is that true? Have we made it through two years of Biden? Yes, we have. Yeah, and the latest thing is, after Biden had, you know, talked about Trump and his files, Biden, now tonight, there was one more tower. There was two stacks, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but they reported a third stack of documents they found. <laughs> oh, they've definitely been planted, Dana. You know the GOP took them out and planted them. They had to have. Biden yeah, well, they were biased Corvette, so they were safe. <laughs> I mean, that's what he said earlier. Well, they were by my Corvette. Yeah, and the, oh, the, Hunter had uh, access to them, and whoever else. So at any rate, who knows? Yeah, it's a mess. You know, really? You know, nobody talks about the border. Biden went there and, of course, didn't see anything. Yeah, they sanitized it so he wouldn't see anything. Well, the Border Patrol wasn't very happy, and the head boss that had met him, he had blinders on, didn't see it. Yeah. You know, I guess when we fill up D.C. with the legals, and then they go over and start driving his Corvette, maybe he'll pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the way it is. So at any rate, what else is left in the news? Mm. Well, let's see. The Republicans, as many of you know, have got the House rules set. and uh, Well, they did pass that bill to... Um, yeah, defund. Yeah. not They're not going to hire those 87,000... I think we talked about that last night, didn't we? I don't know. Well, you know the thing of it is, how do they how do they keep them from it? I mean, all it you know it was just the house that voted. So who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Nobody seems to care about everything else going on. Eggs at nine dollars a dozen around here, in, in some places in Wyoming. And uh, the mountain states. Well, I haven't checked. My grandmother would be rolling over. She's on a cloud somewhere. Just can't believe what's going on right now. I mean to tell you. Every time I visited the farm. I'd go over there. And you'd go in the back room over there. Which was right next to where she kept all of her canned goods. uh, Which she canned by the way. There was a whole thing full. And then you go in the back and there was a whole ton of eggs over there. And there was no refrigeration. They just, they left them out, and, you know, and uh, had them in cartons. And then she would go take them to the people. That's that's the way you did it back then. Yeah. I don't know how much eggs are here. We haven't bought any for a couple of weeks. So they were pretty, they were about six bucks last time. They could be at nine around here now. Well, you know, it's hard to say. You know, chickens, you know, every year in the spring, people get their chickens and the pullets aren't going to be ready for a while anyway to deliver their first eggs. And all their eggs are small, you know. So, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I can't believe in the world, you know, that all of a sudden now we have no chickens to lay eggs. I mean, that is about as screwed up as you can get. That's bizarre. It is bizarre. You know, I know that ISIS planned over there, and you know what we're going to do? We're going to go over there and kill all the chickens so they don't have eggs. (laughs) You know, it's just stupid what's happening. It is. But you can't tell anybody to repent, which I do tell people to repent, but, you know, People are happy. They're doing fine. Of course, uh, sad note today, Lisa Marie Presley died. 
She was, uh, I, I seen it was, she was 51. Is that what she was? No, 54. I swore I saw 51, well, but yeah, the, 54, the, huh? Yeah, that's what the news Well, said. she still lived longer than her dad. Yeah. That's a sad thing. I hate to see it. Me too. And, of course, nobody has come out and said it's COVID. But we know, and, and I know especially because... Uh, I have more of an opportunity to see this stuff than Tower does because I'm online all day long and I'm writing articles and editing and keeping my websites running and things so I always see the news coming across and uh, we're always seeing young people young people and we're talking real young people high school age and younger as well as older people just dropping dead yeah. Lisa Marie, you know, I got the news a few hours ago that she was going into the hospital because of a heart problem. And by the time she got there, next time the news came out, they said she was in a coma. And then uh, Tower read it where she had just died. I mean, that's how quick. And uh, I was thinking, Tower, it, it was lucky for me, not lucky, but blessed because the Lord led me. You know, first of all, he led us to Dr. Gundry to get mm -hmm. a food po protocol on what to eat to help us with certain things. And then we ran into uh, uh, Dr. Mer uh, Dr. Um, Malone and McCullough and quite a number of others uh, regarding the COVID. And then I saw the film from the guy uh, who was... Uh, you know, a mortician, you know, who, yeah, yeah, I don't who worked on him and he described how many people were dying and that there's these long things in his blood. And uh, then another woman who was uh, some kind of bioscientist or something, she looked under the microscope and saw the things there and Tower and I was watching the video. This was a long time ago. So we never took, we never did the COVID. You couldn't have paid us enough money to take it because we ran right from the first. We knew a protocol to take. That's before the government or anybody even said it. We knew what the protocol would be because uh, we uh, had been following uh, Dr. Gundry's protocol in one of his shows. He talked about uh, how to, you know, protect yourself, you know, from things your immune system build it up so at any rate uh, be on the lookout for trouble you need to protect your family that's right and the first thing we did was tell the kids and we told anybody we could any anybody that would listen don't take the shot and, and there are people that take the shot and they don't get sick but there's sure a whole lot of them that die from it you know. Now remember that that film of Biden taking the shot? Yeah, I don't believe it. You know, I mean, it's hard to say. They could have given him anything. Sugar water. Yeah, well, at any rate. We are in, in Isaiah chapter 51 this week. Yeah. And uh, do you got the scoop oh, on yeah. that? Okay, tonight on Warren Radio Battle Lines, Righteous Salvation brings our study in Isaiah's prophetic book to part 156. This week's prophecy, Eternity, Righteousness, Salvation, and the Promises of God come together as we look at the salvation of God going forth to bring Israel and the Gentiles here the Lord will make his judgment to the rest for a light of the people. The, this light is for both Israel and the Gentiles to whom it is given to receive God's redemptive salvation. God's promise and eternal salvation will be brought to a fulfillment. The heathen has a choice therein, while those who reject this, while those who reject this will find the judgment. And now back to you. Okay, well, we left off verse 4, but I'm going to go back and look at verse 3 again. Uh, 
because I like to connect you to what we were doing previously. And these are great scriptures because this really speaks of uh, making uh, Zion, or at this time we would look at it as Jerusalem and Israel, the land that they're in. And, and uh, you know, when Israel first went into the land in 48, after a long hiatus, they always had Jews in, in the land, but they didn't have a nation or a, you know, a place to call home until 1948. But uh, verse 3 says, For the Lord shall comfort Zion, and he will comfort all of her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord, and joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving in the voice of melody. Now see, we have been covering that captivity of Judah and the related prophecies by Isaiah all the way through. But when I see this, I just, it makes me feel good. Because, uh, you know, one of these days, you know, it will be really nice. One of these days, Zion, you know, is, is going to improve greatly. But uh, right now, there's a lot of enemies. Uh, we call Jerusalem Zion, and uh, we call Israel, which the Israel today is not Israel of old. I mean, as far as the land, they still don't have all the land. Uh, but uh, there's there's one thing. Back in 1948, it was like a desert there. And uh, Israel is one of the top uh, nations in the world, as far as militarily, even they're, they're in their top. I think they're the the fourth. I just seen this the other day. You know, top in military um, defense. I mean, they they can take care of themselves, and uh, that's probably the thing that keeps them keeps the enemy from troubling them. Uh, but uh, they're really good in being able to take care of the water and uh, grow stuff with minimal water. Their, their science is tremendous. And they've done a lot to really make the whole place like Eden in a lot of places. Uh, so th this scripture, you could, you could even say it's uh, totally fulfilled. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're really relating... Um, you know, for 70 years, Judah wasn't in the land, but they're, you know, uh, they had some of the poor that were there that was there to take care of it, kind of keep it, but nobody to really do much more than that. And, uh, but the promise here is that Zion would flourish again. And, and just like, you know, Eden, uh, joy and gladness returning now in Isaiah forty one eighteen through twenty, uh, and and these are other other scriptures regarding Israel that I like, so that's why you know I'm covering it to give you a little more of a view because when we talk of Israel, you know it seems like if you're liberal, you're going to hate Israel, uh, and uh, we have a lot of people, uh, I mean people that I see every day, and they're. They shoot their mouth off from uh, every corner. And uh, the UN has people that lambast Israel all the time. And so in verse 40, uh, chapter 41, 18 through 20, I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I'll make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. And I love this stuff. Uh, I will plant the wilderness, in the wilderness the cedar, the shittah tree, the myrtle, the oil tree. I will set in the desert the fir tree, pine, and the box tree together, that they may see and know and consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created it. And then in Jeremiah 33, and Jeremiah 33 has a lot of promises in it. A lot of good stuff in Jeremiah 33. This is 11 through 13. The, the voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride. 
The voice of them that say, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever, and of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I shall cause to return the captivity of the land, as at the first, saith the Lord. Now this is bringing Israel back. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, again in this place, which is desolate without man and beast, in all the cities thereof shall be a habitation of shepherds, causing their flocks to lie down. Once again, it's going to have uh, you know the cultivation of flocks and herds in the cities of the mountains the cities of the vale the cities of the south and the land of benjamin in the places about Jer- jerusalem in the cities of judah shall the flocks pass again under the hands of him that telleth them saith the lord and of course these are more scriptures about the fulfillment of that the return of Israel to the land and the blessing of the Lord on the land. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of peace, you know, when we uh, talk about, you know, like the year 50, Jubilee. And there's just a lot of things that uh, when you count in the peace, you count in what Israel does. A lot of promises that, uh, you know, when we look at Israel, you know, we want to see her in the land. You know, if you're a supporter, if you're not a supporter, you you hate Israel. There's a lot of those. But see, as a believer and a Christian, uh, you know, we we support Israel. No, we don't always agree with what they do. But uh, the bottom line of it is, is that Israel has trouble with its government too. And there are people that, even as Jews, think differently than the others. And, uh, you know, Netanyahu finally got back in after, I think it is, five elections that uh, the government ended up expiring in all of them. And so Netanyahu finally got elected again. So there's a lot of troubles surrounding uh, Israel, a lot of troubles. And, uh, you know, we can, we can say about America, too, there's a lot of troubles surrounding us. We just got a lot of troubles here. And we're divided. Uh, Israel is divided. Netanyahu said this week that he wanted to make uh, um, uh, Israel's government like America. You know, now, not necessarily as divided and screwed up as we are, but uh, he wants to base it on some of the the same principles. Well, the problem with our principles is we have a whole bunch of liberals who do not care for our heritage and do not care at all about uh, everything that America is and what made her great. And so we we have our streets filled with people that work every day to destroy it. America is facing judgment now as well. There are many things about America today that, uh, you know, you, you can look in Judah and see the kind of trouble they had. You can look at the northern tribes and see the same thing. And then look at America, and we're falling down, right down the same course. And, uh, you know, you can look at uh, Brazil, you can look at China. They had, uh, uh, you know, riots in the street. Uh, You can look at Russia, which has troubles over the war. You know, in the end of days, as we look at all this, we can look around and we can see, you know, the shaking going on. We can see wars and rumors of wars. We can see trouble in nations turmoil of nations, all signs of, of of the end of days. And so when we get into these scriptures here, we can really relate to what is going on because, you know, we haven't seen this stuff. You know, th- this is, uh, has been like someone flipped the switch and said, okay, man, you know, we got to, we got to hustle this up and get the rest of this stuff going here. And so that's that's really what we're looking for. Now we're looking at verse 4. Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear to me, O my nation, for a law shall proceed from me, and I'll make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. Now I do like this. And when the Lord says, I'll make my judgment to rest for a light, you know, and God puts forth the law. He puts forth the prophecy. He talks to, you know, gives the message, the word to the prophets. And those words go forth. 
the prophecies go forth. Uh, when he gave the law in Sinai, that went forth. And, you know, when God addresses the nations and brings them uh, a word of warning, you know, there's a there's a stated law. You know, God has passed forth the laws and the decrees on how the world is going to work. And that's everything under the sun from science and creation, you know, to what we're doing. And man is working, like in Psalm 2, to challenge the Lord on all of this and and uh, get away from it. But whether you think that God is a Jew or whether you think he's a lawgiver, whether you like him, hate him, the, the bottom line of it is, is that he is full of mercy and he will bring things to pass and he will end the current system we have one day and we will be in a new world created by him and so in this particular verse you know the prophet Isaiah is speaking to the people and of course I'll make my judgment to rest for a light to the people. And of course, he has law. He gives a word, like I said earlier. And that goes for, uh, goes forth, and the people listen to it. I mean, you know, Judah didn't put themselves in captivity. They sinned against the Lord, and the Lord sent them into captivity for what they did. Uh, Albert Barnes brings this out. The address is to the Jews, and the design is to comfort them in view of the fact that the pagan would be brought to partake of the privileges and blessings of the true religion. Now, this encompasses several verses here. Um, and they would not only be restored to their own land, but the true religion would be extended also to the nations, distant nations of the earth. This is actually uh, one of the sections where, and you do find this, uh, in Isaiah, of course, uh, we find where, you know, where the Jews, when they went to Sinai, there was just Israel. There was no other nations around. When they went into the promised land, it was just the 12 tribes. There wasn't anybody else around. The rest of the nations, you know, could care less about their God. And there were people that paid attention to Israel because they knew and remembered what God had done to Egypt. And, you know, you could also get to the point that, uh, you know, the Gentiles also knew about the Jewish prophets. They knew about them. When Jeremiah warned Judah for so long, and he was in Jerusalem at the time that it fell, and when the army got there, the leader saw Jeremiah and says, I know who you are. You're Jeremiah. And he said, you can stay here. You can go with us. You're free to do whatever you want to do. And uh, God had promised him and, you know, those that were with him that they would be safe. Um So it's really an active situation when we get into these things. You know, and, and we're, we're dealing with prophecies given to Isaiah concerning Judah. And it's going into captivity, then the restoration, the deliverance, and to bring them back into the land. And to reteach them the law that they had forgotten for 70 years. And the law went forth, as the Lord said. I came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. That's what the Lord said. That's in Matthew 5.17. And out of this, which the Lord brought with him, would be a light of the people for all nations. That would be the gospel. And uh, now see, when we talk about another prophecy... Um, Isaiah's prophecy we can look in Matthew 12 17 through 21 
that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth the judgment into victory, and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Now see, these are things that if you're a Gentile today, and you know, uh, you know the Redeemer, Yahshua, Jesus, and you know the prophecies behind it, then you understand these these particular uh, you know, that was Matthew. That's that, you know, within the Gospels themselves. And that was some of the first stuff that the Lord had talked about that was said about him, the prophecy. And uh, in First uh, Peter 2, 5 through 10, you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Now you can look at the rest of that. I'm just going to read those two verses. It's interesting to note here that I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. Yahshua, Jesus, was the chief cornerstone. And I just finished a recent article which I talk about the Lord's hewn stones and how in the beginning uh, Abraham, when he was making an altar, and if any one of the others uh, made an altar unto the Lord, you weren't to use any kind of a hewn stone, something that had been crafted upon by man. They were natural stones that was in the earth when God created the earth, and that's what you made the altar out of. You didn't use it. The minute you touched it, you defiled it. And so I, I take that all the way through, and so we we find the same thing here. Here we find a corner stone. And that stone couldn't have a blemish on it. You know, if you're going to build a house and put a cornerstone in it, it has to be of fine craftsmanship. You can't put a lousy stone to keep a fine building. And in the and when we look at the Lord God, when when He sent His Son, who is that chief cornerstone, He is the stone. Uh, you know, the cornerstone that the builders rejected, that is the Jews in Israel at the time uh, when he showed up. And so we have all this coming together, and, and we see a lot of this even going back to the time of, of Judah. Now the northern tribes by this have already been uh, delivered into captivity, and uh, the northern tribes, that whole land and prophecy uh, uh, you know, stuff is gone now by this time. Uh, pretty much uh, when, when Israel uh, comes back from the captivity. And so Israel is broken up uh, and, uh, you know, they're going to come back into the land. They're going to build Herod's temple. And then that temple is going to be destroyed. Uh, I, I think it's around 60 AD after uh, the Lord had... Uh, been crucified and come back and appeared uh, and uh, Titus uh, uh, destroyed Jerusalem because the, the Jews had started a rebellion there. They had a Messiah figurehead that was leading them in this. So at any rate, you know, all of this is focusing on one little tiny group of people. And it's still that way today. They're still outnumbered. They were outnumbered in the beginning. They're still outnumbered. I mean, look at Abraham. You know, God gave him favor. And he was living in the land, and God hadn't fulfilled everything yet that he said. But God uh, had blessed Abraham. And the first it was Abraham, and then it was Abraham. And uh, Lot, his uh, nephew, 
was in the land. And there came a group of nations, you know, led by kings of those nations. And they pillaged and uh, took actually uh, Lot and his family captive and ran off with them. So Abraham grabbed his own army and went after him and caught up with him and delivered his nephew and all those who were with him out of there. See, Abraham was outnumbered, but he still went after him. And he won the day. And they got a lot of treasure, but he wouldn't take any, lest people would say that that treasure from these people is what made Abraham great. He believed that God would make him great, would provide for him without taking things like that. And see, this is still the choice today as Christians when you're believing God. You can you can go to the doctor all the time or you can believe that somewhere in there God has a place in his atonement for your healing. Same thing for your finances, for all the provision for your family. You know, and, and there's a lot of people that don't do that, especially in America because we've been so blessed. And so we move on to verse 5, and it says, My righteousness is near, my salvation has gone forth, and my arm shall judge the people. And the isles shall wait upon me, and on my arm shall they trust. Now, my arm is a regular figure of speech we see a lot in scriptures. And the arm of the Lord was Yahshua, Jesus Christ, who brought the redemption and the salvation in full to all the people on earth. And so we can honestly say here that God's promises to Judah are true and to Israel and Zion are to come to pass. Yet under it all, God's righteousness and salvation has gone forth. See, and in the midst of the deliverance, in the midst of all the prophecies on Israel, we find the prophecies of the Gentiles, of all the Gentiles, of God's redemption and salvation going to the ends of the earth. And this was God's intention all along. And one of the blessings on Abraham was that in him would all the nations on earth be blessed. It's kind of hard to have all the nations on earth be blessed in Abraham if there wasn't any other prophecies connected to it. And the prophecy is, is that through Yahshua, Jesus Christ, our Lord, all the nations on earth have this hope. And see, that's why scripture also says that the nations of them which are saved shall be walking on the streets of Zion, Jerusalem, and they will bring their glory. And this is not the, the physical one we see now, but it, it, it's a future when, you know, the heavenly Jerusalem comes down and you have the nations of those that are saved that are gathered around there from every nation, people, and tongue. And see, that, that's where God is headed. You know, and it's not just going to be Jews. And it's not just going to be like America. You know, and just because uh, China, you know, may seem kind of a nasty nation, they're included too. There's a lot of Chinese who are Christians. And North Korea is the same. There's a lot of Christians in North Korea. And, you know, so on. And so you, you, you can't just say, well, you know, it's just going to be Jews. It's not going to be Jews. God is going to save a lot of people. And, and through this light going forth, which God prophesies about, it's going to reach to the end of the earth. Now, when we talk about on my arm again, um, in Isaiah 51, 5, it says on my arm. Uh, in the arm of the Lord is a phrase used in Isaiah 53, 1. And it says another one is therefore his arm, Isaiah 59, 16. His right hand, the arm of his strength, Isaiah 62, 8. And the strength of his arm, Luke 1, 51. And the arm of the Lord, John 12, 38. Now I put that in there so you can understand uh, the use of this aspect metaphor of on my arm or the arm of the Lord. 
Because when we look at the Lord God and our Father, he is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But yet when Yahshua came and his own apostles asked him, you know, one time they were mentioning, well, show us God, you know. And he says, have I been so long with you? You've forgotten. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yahshua was a spitting image of his father, not to mention the fact he had the same spirit as his God and father. And when he came down as the son of man, he came down of the full anointing of God. In him was all the Godhead bodily uh, uh, in him completed. And so these are the things you're dealing with. And so you can go on ahead with your technology. You can make your, you know, computers. You can develop your uh, robots. You, you can concoct things. You can think of things. You can work on stuff. But it's really funny, you know. The dependence in America on natural gas. Natural gas. Gas made it in the news because of Biden and his minions who want to get rid of all the gas. Uh, so your stove, uh, all your restaurants won't have any food because they almost all of them use gas. And Tower and I both have been in the restaurant industry for a long time. We know about it. We've had our own restaurant. We had our own catering business. I chef food and beverage and everything. And we know it from one end up. And so does uh, others we know. And you don't run a restaurant without gas. But yet the Biden administration, that's one of their woke people. Well, let's get rid of the gas. You know, you can't have a gas stove in your house. Well, whatever. That ain't going to happen. But you see, these are all the concoctions we do uh, here. We have all this technology. You know, they talk about electric cars. And Elon is, uh, while he's over on Twitter, uh, but... Elon has always talked about wanting to be one of the first ones to go to Mars. Elon Musk is not just going to sit at Twitter. Believe me, he doesn't play those games. You know, and he has a lot of things that he does. And and he's not the only one. People are planning on going around. They're seeing him. Now, see, I'm going to wait for when the Lord comes. And when we get in heaven, you know, there's going to be an agenda. Do you think you're going to sit around in a cloud you know, playing a harp? No, that's not going to happen. But one thing that you can do, you can buzz over to Mars to see what it looks like or to the end of the universe because all, you know, in, in, in that form, in the completed form like the Lord, you're going to be able to instantly go places. You know, you're not going to ride anything. There's not going to be technology. There's going to be... Uh, the way it is in this realm. So at any rate, now let's go to 51 and 6. Lift up your eyes to heavens and look upon the earth beneath. For the heavens shall vanish away like smoke and the earth shall wax old like a garment. And they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Now, of course, Isaiah doesn't go into all the intricate details of what's coming. Because that wasn't given to him. He was dealing with the current time. So he gave a prophecy. And... We know from some of the New Testament scriptures that the heavens are going to roll away like a scroll. Uh, we know these things. The Lord, when he came, spent time. And it says another prophecy talks about him revealing things that have been made secret since the beginning of, of the world. Uh, you know, nobody knew about these things until the Lord came and told them. And so these are all things that pertain to what we're talking about, uh, talking about Judah, talking about what happened, talk about the future, talk about humans living on a tiny little planet. So it says here to lift up your eyes to the heavens, look upon the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish away like smoke, 
and the earth shall wax old like a garment. Now they're telling you that your heavens and the earth, the very thing. Now, of course, we have a lot of woke uh, people that, you know, want to save the earth and the heavens because, you know, people are destroying the earth. You can't breathe, you know, and they've actually talked about getting rid of humans. And uh, they also want to kill babies at a, you know, at a moment's drop of the hat. And, you know, this is one of the biggest fights in America, killing babies <clears throat> beyond birth. And there's a lot of things like this. And a lot of those who are fighting are fighting what they think is an inevitable process where they have to prevent it. And in the process, they're going to end up killing people and making policies that will destroy people. And uh, wars will do the same thing. And that's why the Lord, when it, when it talks in Revelation, when he comes back, he says he's going to destroy those who have destroyed the earth. Now, you see... So you look at Israel, Israel is right smack in, in the middle of this whole thing. You know, they had the law given to them, but the law has been fulfilled through Yahshua, Jesus. But yet they're still waiting for the Messiah. And they've got enemies centered around everywhere. But the prophecies we're talking about is about this group of people. They're, they're you know, former you know, these are people they know. And they're still, you know, over in Israel, they're working on various digs, archaeological digs, and they're always finding things that date back to Hezekiah or somebody else. I mean, this is the kind of history. And at the same time, God is moving forward with, uh, with redemption. And now in verse 6, you know, the one verse, you know, I'm going to restore it and make everything bloom. And then all of a sudden he comes up and he says, well, the heavens are going to vanish away like smoke and the earth shall wax old like a garment. And they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. Boy, that doesn't make you feel good, does it? But my salvation shall be forever and my righteousness shall not be abolished. So if you are in his salvation and his righteousness comes with it, you're not going to be abolished. You're going to be in the new kingdom, the new thing that he's creating. And and see, this is part of the fulfillment of scripture. You have to understand these things. Now, a good thing to think about is Psalm 8, 3 through 4. It says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? And you look at man. Look at what we do on earth. Look at what we do to one another. Why does God even pay attention to us? I mean, we're always doing something. Somebody's always getting murdered. Somebody's always stealing, killing, murdering, raping, pillaging. There's always someone wanting to create war somewhere. Dear God in heaven. Well, and Israel, I mean, if you remember back to Moses, there was a time when God said he would destroy the children of Israel because they were a stiff-necked people. And Moses interceded for the people, and God relented. And he says, I'll raise up a nation out of you, Moses. <laughs> you better thank God that Moses was able to talk to him, and that tells us that you can change you know, when God has something and he's doing, you know, you can approach him and you can intercede. And even for America, you can intercede. And, of course, everybody realizes in Second Peter 3, um, and there's a big, I'm not going to read all of this, but uh, one thing I wanted to look at, is, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. So if you're only going to live to be about 
50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 100 or maybe 130. That is nothing compared. Even if you live to be 200 or 500, it's nothing when you have one day is like a thousand years and those thousand years are as one day. I mean, that's the eternal nature of the Lord. So don't tell me that, you know, there's going to be an end. God exists forever. He's not going to end. And he's providing salvation. There's going to be a kingdom. And and if you think following Satan and becoming a, a Satanist and living as his kingdom as a future, you're going to be in trouble. And I would say one hell of a lot of trouble. <laughs> I mean, that's just... That's just the way it is. And so let's go to verse 7. It says, Hearken unto me, you that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. Now, when you talk about in whose heart is my law, there's only one people, and that is the Jews. They have got the law of God in their hearts. It was there from the beginning. And even when they didn't have a temple around, even when they couldn't be in the land, they had God's law in their heart. Now see, things have changed some. The children of Israel still have the law of God. And they haven't quite, some of them, crossed over into the grace of God and receiving the Messiah. And so this is the battle today. And so upon this, uh, Colin DeLeach says, upon this magnificent promise of the final triumph of the council of God, an exhortation is founded to the persecuted church not to be afraid of men. But it's also... It's also that, uh, and I and I like, you know, we stand up for the persecuted church. Uh, we have a show on Wednesdays about the persecuted church, advocacy for the persecuted church. But see, when Joshua went into the land, God told him not to fear. Don't allow fear to enter in. And so God did bless the children of Israel. And they did rise to the top of the heap, especially under Solomon. But then right after Solomon, because of sin, the house of Israel was divided into two different houses. Judah was one and the northern tribes were the other. And they're still divided to this day, but there's prophecies that, you know, in Scripture that tells you one day those two houses are going to be joined. And not only that, we can find the line of the Gentiles through these lines of houses because it says right in there talking about that. God never intended to exclude the Gentiles and he never intended to exclude the Jews from the salvation or any of the things that are going on. Now, I'm looking at this and we're going to be we're getting a little bit uh, short of time, but I want to. So, hearken unto me, you that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be afraid of their revilings. And Kylan Delish linked us up to the persecuted church. And that's not all they linked up. But you see, you can look at this. And today, even among Christians, the persecuted church around the world, the church around the world is the most persecuted that there is. And they face death daily. Christians are being killed daily. Don't be afraid of men. Fear him. And as a matter of fact, the scripture does say that. Don't fear men. Fear him who is able. To, and actually it says, don't fear those who can kill the body but fear him who can kill the body and destroy the soul in hell. Yea, fear him. And so the scripture, this is in the Gospels, is very clear with these things. And so you can find it here. 
you know, when you look at Isaiah 51, 7, it's repeated again in the New Testament. And you find this lots of times. So we go through here and we look at this and there's a lot of things that you can learn. And, uh, you know, the point of it is, is that God has a program and that as serving him or being one of his children, you know, he doesn't keep you informed every second of the day. You're actually on a need-to-know basis. He, he has given you the Word of God. He's given you the Spirit of God in the New, new Covenant, the New Testament. And through Yahshua, you can have guidance of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Word of God and the comfort of believers. But we are entering into a very perilous time, and so is Israel. And if you're a Christian today, you should be a supporter of Israel. Because we are related to Israel. You know, we were grafted in through Jesus, Yahshua. And Paul even talks about a lot of this same stuff. So, get in your Bible. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for your blessing. I ask that you would bless those that hear this whenever they do. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Okay, Tower. Okay, here we are. I think it, it just went by too fast. I think it should have lasted longer. Well, when you're going through this, it, it does go by fast. There's a lot of stuff here. Yeah, that's good. We're on chapter 51. That's pretty amazing. Well, you know, you, you know, it all fits. It all relates, you know. And And that's all there is to it. I mean, you can't go through this and forget the Gentiles. You can't forget no. Yahshua that, that is, you know. But you can take someone that goes through this and they can just fill you full of baloney. <laughs> yeah, they miss a lot. Just trying to go hurry through it. So anyway, thank you for joining us whenever you do. We're always glad that you're here with us. Because we love you and we pray for you. We always hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. And look up, for your redemption draws nigh. We love you and you stay safe. Be careful. Be vigilant. For the enemies out there trying to destroy. Good night, everybody. And don't forget to go by our websites at warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. We have a lot of articles on there, in-depth articles. And uh, we have all of our shows. We have a lot of series on there. You can go uh, to warren-usa.com and up in the nav bar you can find a lot of links. There's extensive stuff I've gone to to try to get all this stuff together so check it out because there's a lot of good stuff you can find out about my new book the rising by dana glenn smith life rich publishing published it and you can buy it there you can also get it uh amazon carries it a lot of places carry it even overseas we uh and so it, it's a big distribution area and wherever books are sold, you can, you can get this book. Read it, because it has to do with prophecy, America, and the end times. And it's uh, told through a Christian fiction thriller. And uh, you'll enjoy it. And you'll learn a lot of stuff. So check out The Rising by Dana Glenn Smith. And it's available in hard book, soft cover, and of course the regular ebook and uh, take care of yourselves look to the lord have faith and don't fear
Pray for your family all the time. And ask for God's guidance. Until next time. I expect to see you here. You be safe. And be blessed. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.